Molly works in a library, which has always been Miss Cabot's dream job, on a beautiful tropical island where she got to help solve a crime with a hot sheriff based on Chief Hopper from Stranger Things. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Sterling Municipal Library's podcast, All Booked, where we talk to you about books we'd like to recommend. And Cherie and Brandy are joining the show to talk about some Meg Cabot books. It's more than one, I believe. But before we do that, I have to set a little bit of context because these books ended up being recommended to Brandy as a result of our secret reader program that we run here with staff. So here at the library, we like to hone our reader's advisory skills, which is a fancy way of saying it's our human algorithm ability to recommend a title based on books that you like. And we practice on each other. And then we select books for one of our other staff members. And then we have a small reader reveal party where people will review the books that were picked out for them and get to find out who picked the books for them. So Brandy received these books from Cherie. But before we talk about the books, I want to talk about how that reveal went, because it was really funny. Okay, so I want to start out by saying that we do this reader reveal, and sometimes it's a certain genre, and this time around it was romance. Romance being my big no. Um, <laughs> if I start reading a book and any kind of love story starts, I close the book and don't go back to it. So this was a way out of my comfort zone. But I will admit that I read the book that was suggested to me by Cherie, as well as the, the whole trilogy within a couple of weeks. So I was, I enjoyed them a lot. So during the reader reveal, I had a hard time deciding on who chose these books for me. They were just sweet, and they had like, you know, like a cat on the cover. And, you know, it, the whole story was just sweet, and it just didn't fit any of my coworkers. <laughs> and so I guess I kind of said that in the reader reveal. <laughs> You, na- you named about three people, and then you said... At least four. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then you said, there's no one else who's sweet. <laughs> and this, everyone else went... <laughs> at this point, I was busting a gut laughing because the title of the book that I had recommended to Brandy is called No Offense. And I was like, well, good thing it's No Offense. It was, it was very funny. No, no one, no one took, sweet, it, darn took it. it badly. They just thought it was very funny. Poor Brandy was out here like, oh, just just suffering. No one would put her out of her misery. <laughs> and listeners, in case you were wondering, Katie and I are not sweet, apparently. No, we're not. <laughs> apparently really not. neither was I. No one in this room except Brandy is sweet, but that's okay. No, oh, yeah, it's all right. It's I, all don't, right. I don't think I'm anywhere close to that. <laughs> no. <laughs> and what I mean by the word sweet is just really like a reading preference, you know? Yeah, like people fair. who prefer That's like fair. more innocent, like gentle reads, you know, things like that. Yeah. But we've done we, we've done the backstory, the context. Tell us a little bit about the books. Okay, so these books are written by Meg Cabot, who's best known, of course, for The Princess Diaries. And these books share, they're not like a traditional like romance saga where you follow a family for generations or something like that. These three books share a setting. They're set on Little Bridge Island, which is a fictional island at the end of the Florida Keys based on Key West. And Meg Cabot said in an Ask Me Anything that if she had to pick any one of her off of her characters to live their life, it would be Molly, the lead character from No Offense. By the way, Meg Cabot does live in Key West, apparently. She said, because Molly works in a library, which has always been Miss Cabot's dream job, on a beautiful tropical island where she got to help solve a crime with a hot sheriff based on Chief Hopper from Stranger Things. <laughs> Hopefully with le- less alcoholism. Yes. 
I wouldn't know because ironically, No Offense is the one book I haven't read yet. Oh, so no. Brandy. <laughs> is that book one of the series? No, you don't have to read them in order. Oh, okay. Oh, that's but, great. But yeah. no, it, yeah. it, it was the second one written, but no, you don't have to okay. read them in order. So tell us about No Offense. So with No Offense, you know, right away, you know, I, I kind of connected with the character. She worked at a library. It was literally like reading about your job and these little things that happen and, and reading about them. It, it, it does have a bit of humor to them because libraries aren't as quiet as most people think they are. (laughs) (laughs) So that part I thought was neat. And then being the other main character, being a sheriff and, and anybody that knows me, I just have this thing for a man in uniform. I mean, a lot of women do, but man, something about a police officer. <laughs> so, I mean, that part caught me right away. And then it wasn't like straight into your traditional romance. It was really kind of soft and they didn't like each other. They argued. It was a little bit of a mystery along with it. So it kind of made it a little bit easier to read. One of my favorite parts in the book, and I don't want to give too much away. But the sheriff was a single father of a teenage daughter. And having a teenage daughter, I know how wild it can get. She was part of a dance team. And this dance team was wanting to do this fundraiser. And it was a mother-daughter dance where the mothers would come up and dance on stage with the girls to raise money for the dance team in the school. Her mother wasn't really in the picture. She still communicated with her. She was just never really maternal and pretty much told her no. So at that point, you know, she didn't know what else to do. She, you know, needed to participate and she kind of felt left out. So she asked her father to participate in the mother-daughter dance and he was totally okay with it. You know, he was all on board. Man, the the rumors in this small town of Little Bridge Island, kind of the rumor spread around town and with the rumor eventually like he was going to be wearing the cute little outfit that the girls were wearing and all this. So pretty much the whole island showed up to this fundraiser. <laughs> and um, and and prior to his rehearsals, he really had no idea what he was in for, but he actually danced on the stage with all these young ladies to single ladies. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. So that was, that was definitely something I really enjoyed about the story. It was just a small, small part of the story, but it was great. So after hearing Brandy talk about this book, I said, okay, you know, I recommended this book for Brandy without reading the book I read about the book which mm-hmm. by the way we do all the time like, yes part do. of our job but Brandy, <laughs> but Brandy made me want to read the book which is also a, a good librarian thing no offense was checked out so I started with no judgments which is again also set on Little Bridge Island each of these books has a conflict that's at the part of it and the conflict isn't always families hate one another and there's like no these are the conflict in no offense the conflict between the two main characters starts out with an abandoned baby who's found at the library so there's a crime and disagreement between the sheriff and the librarian on how to what to think about that for no judgments the title says it all throughout the book these characters are misjudging one another's motivations but the conflict there's an external conflict a hurricane is coming Oh, wow. To this island called Little Bridge Island at the end of the Florida Keys. You know, that rather implies that there's one little bridge that connects you to the Kinda way like out. Brad Hartman here. Yeah. But more so. So it's based on Key West. I looked at a map this morning. I said, oh, <laughs> OK, then. So this was supposed to be storm of the century. A lot of people were going to evacuate and did. These people had pets and they didn't know that it, something happened to the bridge. They couldn't get back. So Bree, who waitressed at the the local cafe, was still on the island and one of the few who wrote it out. So she agreed to help a couple of people break into their apartments or 
have people tell her how to get in so she could feed water, keep the pets alive. And that's the external conflict is this hurricane that's coming through. And the other main character, it's Drew Hartwell. So Drew Hartwell, Sheriff John Hartwell, there are a lot of people related to one another named Hartwell on this island. Drew Hartwell just moved back to the island from New York City. He just recently broke up with a woman who moved back with him. She took all her goodies and ran back to the big city where she could get big city things. And he's a carpenter and he's Bree's boss's nephew. So she doesn't trust his motivations. He doesn't trust hers, but he's got a truck and can get around the island and he helps her try to rescue these critters. And that is part of that during which they have to look past their judgments and figure out, you know, are, are we a thing? Are we a thing just because of the storm? And so there is, there's definitely a relationship in each of these that you have the two pe- people that you're rooting for to, to see past whatever there is in the in their way to to get together. But there's also a lot of other small town life stuff going on around, say, hurricanes or (laughs) in no words. The third book, that one takes you back to library land a little bit. It's centered around a book festival that's supposed to be the first big book festival on Little Bridge Island. And Molly is supposed to be running it, the librarian from the first book. Okay. Thing is, she's like nine months pregnant when the when the, <laughs> when the book festival is supposed to start. And the two guests, the, the guest of honor-ish is Joe Wright. She is a famous children's author who has been struggling with writer's block for the last year. That and the fact that her fans all meet her and say, oh, I used to love your books. I used to really love your books. She's dealing with that and the fact she hasn't been able to write in a year because this really nice guy that she thought she got along with pretty well at... An interview was another best-selling author named Will Price. They had both been plagiarized mm. by the same person. But before the conflict happened, they, they met and she thought, you know, nice guy. She was with somebody else at the time. He wasn't, you know, hitting on her or anything, but nice guy. We've got a lot in common. Well, he disses her writing to the New York, I think it was the New York Times, one major, major news outlet. And he said, basically says the plagiarizer should have at least plagiarized somebody who whose writing was interesting. Oh, wow. So the drama in no words isn't about massive hurricane coming through or anything, but there's a lot of hurt feelings and writer's block and publishing related adjacent backstory to get around. The thing is, she only agrees, Joe Wright knows that Will Price lives on Little Bridge Island. The only reason she agrees to go to their book festival is because her agent assures her he won't be there. Mm. You see where this is going. There's a swag bag and Will Price's latest book is in it. Joe Wright has never read his books, but free book. And she starts reading it and darn it. I can see her hate reading it now. (laughs) So let's go back to No Offense. I know Brandy is not usually a romance reader. So Cherie, why did you end up picking that one for her? Because it has humor, because it has elements of crime. When we try to match one another, when we try to do the secret reader things, we fill out a what do I like in a book and what do I not like in a book cheat sheet. It's sort of like you'd have a conversation with someone. Oh, what did what do you like? What don't you like? And given the really, really hate romance, okay, fair enough. But like humor, like crime, like other things. And I get I don't remember was fast paced on there. There were there were enough other points of likeness. And I've read while I hadn't read No Offense, I had read other books that Meg Cabot had written, not just the the Princess Diaries, but some of the ones she'd written for adults and teens. And I thought, you know what? Let's give this a shot. I think there's enough in there that Brandy can relate to, to, yeah. to see if she likes it. And we know that you liked it, obviously. You read the rest of it. But what really stood out to you? Why was this something that you read and went, 
Okay, this isn't normally my thing, but I need to read the rest of them. You know, I read a lot of dark things, I guess. <laughs> you know, I read a lot of mysteries, but not the cute, sweet ones with the cats on the cover. Mm-hmm. A lot, I read a lot of true crime and psychological sup- suspense, and I don't read romance. I just don't like it. I don't like all their thoughts being about each other. I don't do the erotica thing. With these books, it was a really, once again, a sweet story, and it kind of reiterates what I was saying. Is Shri didn't actually read the book ahead of time. What in her cup of tea? <laughs> I thought. <laughs> She thought, and then come to find out, she enjoyed them just like I did. But so they were just kind of sweet, wholesome stories. They kept me, because of the little bit of mystery or suspense in them, it definitely kept you interested. And then I realized like, wow, there's books that I could read that I can enjoy that doesn't like add to my mind or, (laughs) you know, I can just like listen to it and and not have to think real hard and and really enjoy it at the same time. And I did start with the book two and went back with book one and then then book three. And it was really fast. Since then, I've actually I'm in the middle of another trilogy of hers. And this one is like amazing. So, I mean, I'm really proud that Cherie suggested this book for me because it's definitely opened my mind to another author and definitely books that would not be in my comfort zone previously. So name drop that trilogy that you're just now reading. So it's called the Abandoned Trilogy, and it's definitely not quite as sweet as these books. It's more on the darker side, so it definitely is more relating to me, uh, to what I read. It also has the romance aspects, but it does not consume the story, and that's my big thing. Um, Mm -hmm. I want to have a storyline and then the romance kind of fit in around it. So this is actually about a young lady that died as a teenager And she fell into water and drowned, but her body went into hypothermia ahead of time. And so when they found her hours later, she was able to be revived. Oh, wow. Oh, gosh. And, uh, you know, everybody knows the story on the people that have had a near-death experience or maybe that did die and come back to life as they all seen a light. That's what anybody has ever heard of. They see a light, you know. Well, this young lady did not see a light. She actually, the several hours she was dead, she remembers vividly what death was like. And then just knowing her side and it gets so much deeper than that because she dies and comes back. She actually becomes connected to the underworld. I don't want to give too terribly much away, and I really feel like maybe this is going to be a future all booked because I can talk about these. I mean, it's they are really, really cool. I'm on book two now, and it is funny because it feels like it is so incredibly different from. Yeah, oh, it is incredibly different. They're still clean. They're still super clean. So I think anybody could read them. These are actually, I think, a teen-rated book, and that might be with all the extra excitement, like you don't want to stop at all, like once you get started, and and then all the kind of exciting underworld things, I guess you could say. <laughs> Mildly kicking myself over here for not recommending that one during the romance thing, because I did read that trilogy, that the trilogy that Brandy's talking about years ago, and I just, I don't know, I thought it might be too much love story, so yeah. It's, uh, apparently not. <laughs> yeah, the, the first book, not at all. Um, I did actually tell Cherie when I got into the beginning of the book too and I'm like wait I think this thing just shifted it just turned into like a straight romance novel I I don't know that I'm going to be able to continue but I stuck it a little bit more and like now we're getting back to all these crazy action and (laughs) and the romance is put back on the back burner I mean it's still happening but it's not consuming the story so of the three novels I'm going to make you choose your favorite child which romance did you like the best like which relationship did you think was the most interesting the most believable 
anything like that? I'm going to have to go with no offense. Mm -hmm. I think the couple, they're both really established. They both kind of know what they want out of life. You know, one of them's a father of a teenager, for God's sakes. You know, they're both both kind of at a stage in their life where I think they're going to be perfect for each other. You know, her not necessarily having kids, but being the children's librarian and being able to relate and... And that's something that kind of talks about in there is this troubled teenager that she relates to really well. Although she's a children's librarian, this teenager doesn't like fit in with the teenager. So he tends to interrupt the kids programs. So mm-hmm. okay. I'm probably going to I don't know. It, you said like most realistic. Well, some, whatever one stood out to you for whatever reason. OK, well, spoilers, spoilers for no words. I mean, it's not these books are still classed in the romance section. So it's not a surprise that the protagonists end up together one way or another. Well, in no words, when you meet the protagonists, one's living in New York and the other's living in Florida. When you see them on the epilogue, the one who is living in New York is still not living full time in Florida yet. Mm -hmm. So realistically, they didn't like fall into one another's arms and immediately dump their lives and and, move across the country and and, and everything The um, these characters are three dimensional. And I'd, I did that a little bit of a disservice earlier when I was talking about no judgments and no words. But his characters have other things going on in their lives than just meeting this person that they click with. Mm-hmm. The author, Joe Wright, in No Words, also is dealing with her father who is getting more frail and she really wants to get him out of New York winters. And it's challenging. And a lot of her money is tied up either in future investments or in trying to help support him. He was mm-hmm. a musician. who I think he was a musician. Let me take that back. I don't remember what her father did for a living, but what he didn't do was plan for his retirement. And so in No Judgments, Bree is, grew up in a family with money. Her parents are both professional people in, I think, New York as well. But she's very artistic and they never really quite clicked to that or why that would be. They really wanted her to marry her ex-fiance who is, was not a nice guy and didn't understand why she wouldn't get back together with him when she broke it off. And that the drama, you fe- you find out why Brie is so different from her parents, and so and Brie finds out too. Surprise, surprise! These characters keep their their multifacetedness, and you don't lose all of who you are when you meet the other person. Mm-hmm. So, which one, which couple did you like best, though? I could identify more with with Joe Wright mm-hmm. and all of her insecurities, and and the things that she was dealing with in her life were more relatable to I think a lot of people's actual lives. The things mm-hmm. Brie was dealing with were a little bit out there. I mean, her her mom was her mom, but yet also kind of maybe not mm-hmm. genetically, and so that's that's a lot. Yeah, that's that's a stretch. Mm-hmm. And as someone who is very cautious by nature and not artistic, seeing Brie, you know take on art as a big part of her future. Yeah, but I, I, I don't <laughs> you're, know. You're over there with her parents just like, I, I, you really need to have a more secure future no, though, Brie. I, mean, I am not an artist. Okay, <laughs> let's just say that. Uh, but also I identified to the story in No Judgments because of the hurricane factor. Yeah. Growing up and living in the Gulf Coast my entire life, this is Brie's first hurricane to, to ride out. And I can identify with that story with what other people were saying, you've got to get out. You've got to, why are you writing this out on the beach, Drew? Yeah, I get that you just are building your house down there, but really, and I get the aftermath of this is unexpected. I expect it to be back. 
oh my gosh, my pets. I've lived in Baytown since 2002. So folks who have been here that longer, longer, we remember when Katrina hit New Orleans. And we remember what people were saying when they came through Baytown. Oh my gosh, they just told me to take three changes of clothes. What about my house? Oh my gosh. And, and having to rebuild your whole life. That is not what happens to the people on Little Bridge Island. But there is the, oh my gosh, I expected to dot, dot, dot. And that's not happening. What about the pets who I thought would be fine. What about this? Are there any particularly weird pets that they have to go? I remember birds. I remember cats, do- guinea pigs, I okay. think, at one point. And the guinea por- pigs were actually flooded, but yeah. still survived it. Uh, water had flooded, and they were in, like, a mess of water. Wet, be- oh, wet like bedding. The, like the, yeah, yeah, like the water came into their oh, cages. No. Yeah. So it, it, it's good that Bree and Drew were willing to run around and try to rescue pets, for people and that they had enough phone service. I think it was just the landlines that were working from the one house. Oh, wow. Yeah, because as we know, cell towers go down, communications are affected in hurricanes. So that story was the first one that I read, and I could relate to a lot of the elements of not necessarily the main character, but of what the community was gearing up for and dealing with and seeing the community come together afterwards. Okay. okay. I think that's all the questions I can yeah. think of. Thank you guys both for joining us to talk about something kind of a little different that Mm -hmm. Meg Cabot has written. And stay tuned next week for more fantastic book recommendations. Bye.